Welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ, and in this episode, I talk to Marion Cantwell about authenticity, why we should be who we are and not be apologetic about it, why we should focus on our strengths rather than trying to constantly improve our weaknesses, how it's not our problems that are the issue, but how we approach problems that is the key to our happiness and our success, the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and environment, plus some amazing advice Marion received from 80-year-olds coming up right now on Spirit Pig. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. Uh, we have an amazing, amazing guest today calling in from Bali, so you might be able to see the, uh, the leaves in the background. Uh, we're speaking to Marion Cantwell, and uh, Marion is a best-selling author of the book Be a Free-Range Human, which has been translated into five languages. I think it's been in the top two most uh, popular entrepreneurial titles on Amazon. Uh, she's been featured in newspapers including The Guardian, Sunday Times, Daily Mail, and business publications such as Business Week, Bloomberg, and CBS Money Watch. She's regularly uh, on radios and is an expert that the media often turns to for their television programs. She's a coach, an international speaker, and last but not least, a full-time world traveller who runs her entire business from her backpack. Marion, it's uh, amazing to talk to you today. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Duncan. Um, now, I just, we, we talked about this um, before, but I just, I love, um, I'm sure you hear this loads, but I love this concept and the brand of free range human. It's just, it's absolutely brilliant. And you immediately can picture, you immediately can see like exactly like what you mean. But um, I was looking on your website and you just basically, a free range human in a nutshell is a person who can choose when, where and how they work. Uh, a person who gets paid to do what makes them come alive, and a person who has decided to live their life every day, not just at the weekends. Is that, is that mm. in a nutshell, is that about right? That's, uh, absolutely. It's about how you think about life as much as what you do in your life. Awesome. And um, one of the, like, the themes I'd like to maybe just um, hear your thoughts on um, a bit, just to start with, is this idea of authenticity and being your authentic self and not being apologetic for you know who you are and about it um i think a quote you mentioned was um the biggest service you can do for the world is to step into who you are could you maybe just um tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that well the way i like to explain it is if you imagine that you had like a household appliance like a vacuum cleaner to say for example yeah. and you told that vacuum cleaner that absolutely had to learn how to be I know a blender and it wouldn't have any value if you didn't learn how to be a blender it probably wouldn't really work out so you were trying to make it blend you were rearranging the parts and maybe you'd get there but at the end <laughs> of the day you have a little bit of a you know a bodge job and that is how I've seen most of us go through education go through work and even go through different types of business it's to disregard the form that we have that we come in that we have inside all that stuff and instead say this is the way of being in this industry in this business type in this area and so what I mean by that is that when you start to recognize what it is that you have going for you you don't see it first because it's a little bit too obvious uh, you're looking for something a bit harder it's usually a little bit more obvious than that when you step into that you can bring all the other stuff you're doing, all the effort you're putting, all the work you, you want to do, and you'll get way better results. And obviously, you're getting better results, you're happier, and you're contributing more to the world. So I actually think, to me, it's the thing I'm most passionate about is seeing people step into who they are, you know, for that reason. Yeah, and it's because you're talking about um, 
strengths and weaknesses. And you, 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 yeah. s- you said before that, which I, I love because it, it completely made sense, that um, weaknesses are just our strengths in the wrong environment. Is, so is yeah. this idea that we're often trying to... Um, we, we spend so much time through school, like, you know, if you're bad at maths, then you've got to take extra maths classes or you're constantly focusing on what you're, you're not good at rather than yeah. actually maybe just focusing on these strengths and making them sort of sing. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of quotes and you really, you know, as you're doing, when you start diving into looking at what people who are really happy and successful do in their life, you're just going to start to see a theme where people are just mitigating their weaknesses, they're not spending all their time on them and not putting themselves in a position where that's where they're being judged on. So it might be, so. I mean, we all do things where we can. We all have to, part of our everyday. But if it is sort of like 80% of more feels like, or more feels like you're pushing, that you've had to get good at it, it doesn't feel natural, and you've just kind of learnt it, then something's going to be off in your fulfillment and probably in your potential as well. Yeah. And uh, I think it was in, um, it was in an interview, which I'll link up in the show notes. I think it was on, um, well, I think it was in, her name is Mary Daniels on alternatives um, website. But you, you, you said that two of the main keys to the, to happiness and fulfillment are determined by one, you know, your environment, the lifestyle, you know, these things, but then two, that knowledge that you are on your path and that you are doing something as you and as just a really mm-hmm. authentic expression of you. And is that, that's all tied in with what you were just saying. Absolutely. Just then. Yeah. Yeah. um and i'll be be careful not to like keep on quoting you quoting you quoting you but um a couple of things that you said have have been jumping out and i was like i've just gotta i've just gotta make a note of that um but it's um it was a quote that you referenced i think it was one of your favorite ones by uh, anne lamotte and you said um it's not our problems which are the problem it's our solutions uh that are the problem um I, i what what exactly do you mean by that as in can you maybe just Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think we've all been in a place, and I certainly have been, where you feel like you have the one insurmountable problem of the world. Like everyone else can figure something out, but this one, this one is particularly thorny and you're not going to figure it out. Everyone I've worked with has come up with this at some point. I certainly have. And what I love about Anne Lamott's quote is it actually gets you thinking, firstly, the problem isn't that you have a problem. The problem is that you don't have a solution yet for it. So I know it's really obvious to say that, but once you frame it that way, you can actually start looking for the solution. Otherwise, you just get mired in the problem. And the other thing that happens is that I feel that you can start opening up at this point to look at how other people do it. The thing I do say in my book, and I'll quote myself, is the, the biggest indicator of someone's success is how they deal with the reasons why not, so how they deal with the reasons why something isn't possible. And that was based on my research for my book. When I was trying to work out what's the thing that ties together the people who are really happy, who are thriving, who are successful in what they do. And honestly, you couldn't do background didn't tie together, industry, personality. The only thing was how they talked about how they approached problems. And that's what the Anne Lamott quote says to me. It's not like the problem is a problem, obviously, but the bigger problem is your approach to it. Um, I think that's the basis of getting anything that you want in life or business or work is to really reframe and go, look, if I was someone else other than who I am, if I was someone who didn't see things like this as a problem, so you can use a role model, you can use Richard Branson, you can use whoever the role model to you and say, what if they were in my shoes today without their advantages? What might they be doing? What might they be saying? And that's just a really cool tactic 
that I see gets you out of your own head a little bit uh, and looking at solutions to problems that might seem kind of, you know, completely insurmountable at the time. Is that, is that, is that a, a recent thing that you've done? Have you, have you always done this? Is this something you've learned about this? Because I'm just trying to, yeah, this in, cause that, that's, that's awesome tactics. It's in step outside yourself, almost look at it from like a bird's eye point of view almost. And yeah, so I, think we get co- I think I've always done it. It's a way I always tell my clients, look, you can get free coaching from anyone. You just have to get really familiar with their work and ask yourself, what would they do? And obviously that does come to a limit where you're just like, actually, I have no idea what they do. Um, and that's when you really need to step into actually getting you know, help from them or someone else. But it really is a useful thing. I, I used it for many years and it's, you can use it with a range of people as well and just start to get for free different perspectives on, on your own options. And uh, it's almost the benefits of like reading, listening to podcasts. You've covered yes. you this this you've got you've got all these coaches in, in your pocket and you know, you know you're actually you know you're hearing directly from you know the Richard Branson's the Tim Ferriss's Oprah's you know whoever whoever your role model is whoever you resonate and, you know, with I, this is why I love podcasts like this is I feel that we're in such a lucky time at the moment where we can learn from the best you know minds in the world we can learn from people who are just starting to do something and it's not about to me it's not about specific tactics I know a lot of people sometimes uh, listen to something or take something. I need specific tactics. Tactics are great. But if you think about it, the people who are really thriving in what they do aren't thriving because they learned like two tactics, like things come up. So what's more interesting is, yes, learn some tactics, but actually the immersion process in the ways of thinking that feel, I guess, feel most right to you. That to me is absolutely key. I feel like we're really lucky at the moment to you know, to have things like this coming up. Absolutely. What, what what do you personally do? Are you are you are you a member of like many like masterminds? Are you uh, do you have like mentors? Do you just read a lot? Like, is it self lot of self learning or is it a combination of I'm, these things? I have to say, I'm very picky, um, and the reason is that I get very enthusiastic. You might tell about ideas <laughs> <good> <laughs> about you know people. And usually, you know, we met at a conference and you might have noticed I didn't stay the entire conference because if I stay a whole weekend on a conference, I have trouble processing everything that happened. I like to really take something and really process it. So I choose, uh, you know, a good mastermind group to be a part of, a good coach to work with. Um, If I'll pick and choose different things around the edges of that. Uh, But other than that, I do tend to choose fairly carefully. Um, you know what I do and what I take part in Uh, but you know that's my learning style other people need to be enthused more and so for them the more right approach is you know what I've heard from them is to actually have a lot more input um, a lot more often to be able to sort of raise up to that level and be able to go from there so I think it really depends on your personality just where we started really yeah no I I think I think when I was first starting out, as in, I was almost one of those um, those seminar junkies. Like every single weekend, would be another one, and I think that was I think that was amazing in the sense that it was like having um, sort of doing a different internship every week, and you were just it completely just raised the bar of actually what was possible. I was hearing new ideas, hearing concepts, speakers, 
business things which just blew my, my blew me away um the problem of that though is it was sort of um shiny object syndrome every single week i had a new business concept new idea mm-hmm. and i think in terms of that focus that structure so um it was a good like sort of immersion you know wow this is possible but then actually i had to almost step away and i was like right just maybe one conference maybe one conference um, every couple exactly. of months or something it's quite funny i run and actually run a group a, a membership group um just i used to do like one main thing in my business now to run a membership group and in it um your people are quite surprised that i'm just like do not buy the other things do not buy other things like i will include the things because i don't want you going into overwhelm and so i'm really strict with my clients i was like i'm not encouraging you to you know post everything from the whole internet in here think about it Think about how it's serving people because we all share stuff so much. You know, I'll suddenly be sharing our interview here. But I just think it's really important for us just to think a little second uh, before we, you know, email everyone that we know and be like, oh, you must absolutely watch this or do that. Just have, have a moment and go, are they people who are overwhelmed? Is there something in this that uh, specifically I think is useful for them? And if so, then share it uh, everywhere you want. Amazing. Did you did you always have this sort of self belief? Like you you covered, you knew that you were going to be successful. You knew you were going to make it. Or was this? I mean, cause I'm I'm, just, I'm trying to work out about sort of along the way. Like, was there a lot of sort of self self doubt from either from yourself or from people around you from your environment? Or were you sort of laser focused? You knew exactly where you're going. You're blinkered. Like n- no one else was gonna um, sort of put, get you off path. Like, or how did that process look? I think it's a little bit of both, really. Um, I don't think I've always been clear what I want to do. And in fact, I'm not someone who's always clear what I want to do. And I think that's one reason I really empathize with people who come to Free Range Humans, because I'm definitely that sort of person. But when I decided, for example, after I started my business, that I was going to write a book and it was going to do really well, that was very clear to me that was going to happen. And this was right at the beginning of my business. I didn't actually write the book or get a book deal until a few years later. But to me, I was just like, well, that's going to happen. And so I think I just kind of started putting in steps in to make that happen. You know, I hung out with people. I hung out with, it's quite a funny story. I hung out with so many people who had best-selling books in the UK that I actually started to feel a bit bad. Like, I remember a few years after, I was like, oh, God, everyone has a book. What's wrong with me? And someone was like, uh, I don't have a book. I'm like, <laughs> everyone else has a book. And it was a real belief. So I think one of the things, just to tangentially answer your question, about the idea of confidence, um, I don't think it really – confidence is the one personality trait that's just really elastic. So it can you know, increase raised on your environment. It can decrease, you know, depending on what's going on. And if you really want to shift your worldview to being that it's possible to do something, I don't really believe in convincing yourself of that. You'll never really believe, you know, we're all smart people. We're not going to totally believe ourselves when it doesn't feel true. <laughs> I think one of the most feel like effective <laughs> ways is surround yourself with evidence that it is normal. Yeah. Because, you know, if you surround yourself with evidence that it is insane, then if you're not in a good place, that's probably not the time you're going to do it. That sort of comes down the line. So, you know, Listen to podcasts, read the books if you can't meet people. If you can meet people, meet them. If you can join a group that has people doing those things, join that group and you just redefine your normal. So I think when people ask me about confidence, I'm like, yes, I was always clear I I could make something happen, but I wouldn't have held that confidence for very long if I'd sat by myself and started 
thinking about how crazy it was. Um, it really is about who's around you, I believe. Awesome. And um, yeah, because so, it's, it's funny when um, I, think, I, I think you're saying how it's, it's actually okay to, um, you know, rather than to have everything, all like the, all the, um, the pieces lined up already just to start. And then actually things are going to change so much, you know, things are going to change along the way. And then just to learn on the fly, you know, you actually don't have to have, you know, huge, you know, if you want to do a sort of a lifestyle kind of business, you don't have to have like vast investment to start just to start something. And then just, uh, you know, to hustle and change and, you know, go along because, um, it was actually, um, I think you were saying how, um, because personally, I think in, in the last three years, um, I think my business has kind of changed and adapted about three times in three years. And on the, on the, on the surface, it almost seems like that's a bit of a failure. Like, you know, how come it hasn't clicked, but every single time it has changed, I'm so much closer to actually what feels, you know, I'm, I get to know myself a bit better. Every single failure is just like, okay, you're one step closer to um, what actually really, yeah. really feels right. Absolutely. And that's going to change as well. Yeah. I think that's part of the key is that I believe that most of us um, find one thing and do that thing forever in the same way. Uh, because especially when you're talking about your lifestyle businesses and you're, you're teaching something or you're imparting information or you're curating content, your interest and your focus and what you know, it grows over time. Um, I was actually in this conversation the other day with someone who's been doing what she does for a very long time, and she's saying, you know, we need to have more conversations at the moment about the fact that there is no there. There's no point where you get there and you totally made it and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to do this the rest of my days, and that's what happens. Like the people who are – I've made a lot of friends lately with people who are in their 70s and who are, you know, they were successful on the um, sort of – uh, self-helping type of scene since since the 70s and the advice I've got from them has really been all about learning constantly um, they're they're the most avid learners that I know these people and they're just absolutely thriving what they do still and also about being willing to drop things uh, even if you put time into it uh, you know, over a long time, you know, their biggest advice is, look, we're only doing what we do now and still loving it because we dropped those projects that we could have said, oh, we must keep going. So we would have completely lost our enthusiasm or lost our way if we'd always said you have to keep going on something because we started it, which is obviously completely different from, you know, if you're a serial non-completer, uh, this might not be the advice for you right now. <laughs> but, you know, so if you're someone who is in a space and you're just like, I'm here and it's not feeling right, but the logical thing is to stay. You know, I'd say take advice from people who you want, I wouldn't say want to be, but who have something a part of what a life that you would like and who are much older. I actually really, really value that. So people in the 70s and 80s plus who have a life and a success or whatever that I admire. And I'm like, they don't really stress about the stuff <laughs> that we stress about here. So I think it's a really good reminder. That's no, that's amazing advice. Uh, it's similar as in I, I had a mentor and I just, I think it was in September, October, I, I, I was dragging something on for about maybe about five or six months, you know, luckily it was only that long, but about four, five, six months longer than it should have. Um, and it wasn't making me happy. And he was just like, kill it, just kill it drop it and then because I was I was starting this new project while that was still just dying a death and it was just like no just hit it in the butt and just you know 
kick it in the butt and just which just, is hard i mean it's even i guess you know depending on how well it went if, if it's making you money exactly in some way that's a really really tough thing to do um and i've been interested in, in talking to people as well um you know like mentors um people who've done really well on and offline and people who do the best it's funny their advice is exactly that yeah. Um, it's about that, which is, I, I personally am quite risk averse, so I find that particularly hard to take on, but you know, it's just interesting to know, um, that that's out there. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and, um, so I want to start a lifestyle business. I want, I want to be, I want to be a free range human. Okay. I'm, um, I think, I think you go, you said on your website, free range fledgling or my free rangers. I like, I like, it's it's that idea. Free range fledgling. (laughs) Um, now obviously there's this sort of transition phase where um like what we were just talking about where you want to start but you've got these bills to pay you've 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 got commitments you've got responsibilities how can you start something like that but not be uh, i think you have said living on baked beans like how can we not be like living on baked beans um like is that is there just you've got to just admit that there's going to be a big transition phase you've got to save up for three months six months where you know you're not going to be getting any money or can there be this smooth transition where you leave your job and you start this career i think it depends on what you're starting okay and how much you've done on it in the past so one of my big sort of like red light moments is when i have someone come to me and say oh my god i was so inspired i've just quit my job and i'm going to figure out what i want to do in my for my life and i'm sure i'm going to be able to like pay my way doing it in three months and i'm like so you've quit your job now and you have to figure out what you want to do in your life and make money from it in three months or six months. I'm like, that's, this time is a huge call. Now, here's why I say that for that situation, because it takes a long time to work out what you want to do in your life. Yeah. So what a lot of people do and is what I did, you know, I've worked out what I wanted to do for the the first few years of what I was doing before I left my job. But I hadn't really, I kind of got a little bit off the ground, but I suddenly had to make a lot more money than I'd expected, a lot faster than I expected. Um, I found it out a month in. And so I had to change strategy quickly. So what I ended up doing was instead of trying to get, it was actually career coaching that I was doing at the time, instead of trying to get this career coaching business fully off the ground, you know, I had one or two clients, but instead of just focusing on that, I diversified into actually consulting in the field I was more familiar with. Um, which was you know, marketing strategy and research and lots of stuff like that. And so I looked at get, picking up a couple of clients in that area. And it wasn't easy because I hadn't planned for that, but it was just enough to get me through uh, you know, those first six months, which can be really tough um, right at the beginning. And looking back now, what I teach my clients is, you know, in the time you're in your job, there's a lot you can be doing. I have done some of it. I have done more. If you're already out there, though, and you're like, actually, turns out, need to do something, um, I think there's such a movement at the moment of making money from your passion. And number one, if you don't know what brings you alive and you need to make money soon, don't confuse the two because that is the quickest way of, actually blocking your creativity and blocking exactly what you need to discover what brings you alive because panic sets in. The creative bits of your brain shut down and you go into survival mode. And that's not where you're going to find what brings you alive. So that's a huge mistake. I think you see in my book, I actually separate the process in two and I say, you've got to engage in what I call two-step thinking. And one step is, what is it that brings me alive? What do I want to do in the world? And the other step is, 
the practicalities. So anyone in that position, just say, ask yourself, number one, bring out the money, bring out the finances. I hate numbers, but they're really helpful at this point. And go, how much do I need to be making per month? What can I do to make that? Is it in the field that I'm already moving towards that I want to go into? Okay, I want to do coaching. How many sessions do I need to sell? How many packages do I need to sell? Um, Can I do that? What would it take to do that? And actually bring it down to the numbers. Or number two, if you're like, actually, I don't even clear what I want to do, then go, what do you have available that you could sell? What skill, what service, what could you bring in? Maybe you can do half and half. Maybe you say, actually, if I got two new coaching clients a month and I had a couple of days work a week doing this, I'd be great for a while. I could build that up. So you can get really creative. But one, I mean, the first thing I do at this point with anyone is I say, look, we need to know your numbers because it's very emotive to say, how am I going to survive? Am I going to be living on baked beans for years? But well, I don't know because I don't know if you need to be making 20000 a month. I don't know if you need to make 2000 a month. So I can't help you until I know that. And you can't help yourself until you do. So I'd say get friendly with a spreadsheet. <laughs> break it down. I know it's not comfortable. Excellent. Break it down. <laughs> break it into two and say, how could I bring in this half and this half? Um, creatively and view it as a creative project, not as a awful like, oh, no, I have to do this. It's part of the creation process. It's part of learning to be a free ranger on the way. 